disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Hey sis, welcome back to Black Girl SOS. So this week has been very interesting on the interwebs. Um, Tyra Banks has been getting dragged for absolute filth for the way she has spoken to young black girls that were trying to break into modeling during um, America's Next Top Model. And one in particular that really caught a lot of steam was um, when she tried to get Danielle Evans, who won season six, to close her gap. Um, if you don't recall the scene or you just didn't watch ANTM, it's on the Black Girl SOS um, Instagram page, so you can check it out and get a full viewing of what everyone is talking about in regards to her trying to get um, Danielle to close her gap. So, initially, Danielle wasn't going to respond, but she did post a response on her Instagram page, um, which is also available on Black Girl SOS, but I'm going to play a bit of it now because what she says is very important and very stand out. And I want to give, I'd rather let her voice be her voice. I did top model listening to the wisdom of Elliot, my brother. Honestly, the greatest wisdom he could have ever given me, even though at the time I thought it was so dumb. Um, he knew I wanted to get out of Little Rock really badly. And he was like, yo, you should do top model just to get out. I was like, I would never in my life do that. It's fake modeling. They humiliate girls. Terrible idea. He was like, yo, just do it to get out. It's a one-way ticket out to New York. Genius. Bingo. We're doing top model. With that being said, I had one goal in mind. The one goal was to get out of my hometown to create a different, better life for myself. That was it. I wasn't concerned about challenges. I wasn't concerned about the things that would be set up in place to kind of deter me and to knock me off my game. I was so focused. I wasn't even hungry. I was starved to get out. You need to understand that starved. So any and everything, the opposition that came my way, I was so deaf to it because I had a goal. And anyone that stood in my way of getting out of Little Rock was going to get bulldozered over, period. There were a few things that came up. Like the first one I think was my my diction, my dialect, my accent, whatever you want to label it. Um, when I'm filming and I'm in the middle of it, I had no idea that I sounded different than the rest of the girls. I'm like, all right, like, how do I fix it? You won't, you say I sound weird, how do I fix it? It wasn't until I got off of the show, went back home, and then I watched the show over and I was like, oh, it's just a matter of me enunciating my words. You know what I'm saying? Done, easy, fixed it, moving on to the next. Cut to that particular episode. Let's get into it about the gap. We were all going to the dentist as a whole. Me and Joni went first. We get to the dentist and the guy asked me, do you want to get anything done to your teeth? And I said, yeah, clean me up, wipe my teeth. He repeatedly asked me if I want to close my gap. No, I don't want to close my gap. Pushpin, none of this aired on TV. I'm giving you guys the behind behind the scenes, right? He kept asking me if I wanted to close my gap. Nah, bruh. 
super cool. I'm super secure in my gap. Of course, like any other kid, I'd be lying to you if I said I grew up loving my long neck, my jawbone, and my gap. I did not. I hated it all. I used to cry and ask my mother for braces. We couldn't afford braces. What did my mother say to me? She reminded me that my two grandmothers, who I absolutely adored, had gaps. They're queens. You're just like your grandmothers. You know what? I learned to accept and love my gaps. So on top model, when they wanted to close it, I was like, nah, fam, I'm good cut to we're now in elimination so i go forward tyra's like why don't you get your gap clothes i'm like huh she's like i told you to get your gap clothes i'm like no you didn't she looks off camera right to production which none of you guys ever see i look off stage camera right to production kim mock gives me one of these in that moment i knew what was happening i knew that i was basically set up and not being told that Tyra wants me to get my gap closed so that it's good for TV, right? So in that moment, the 19, 20-year-old Danielle stood there realizing that it was my one way to get out on this side or keeping my gap on this side and going back to Little Rock, Arkansas. What do you think I'm going to choose, fam? So Tyra says to me, if I send you back to the dentist, will you get your gap closed? And I meet her with another question. So what you're saying to me is, if I tell you no, then you're going to send me home tonight. Me and Tyra went and did that whole fiasco about two or three times, which you guys saw none of that on TV. What you saw is me coming up with a compromise saying that I'm okay with you closing it some of the way, but not all of the way. Let me explain something to you. The family that I come from, a family of hustlers, a family of go-getters, I was not going to allow something that is physical on my face to stop me from getting out to make a better life for myself. I had a laser focused goal. Nothing or no one was gonna stand in my way. And it wasn't about copping out. It was about understanding what really carries weight and holds value in my life. And teeth was not one of them. Um, I wasn't tight because of Tyra's comment about me not being able to model uh, with a gap. I wasn't tight about Miss J's comment about leaving the gap wide open for the next girl. All of that was trivial to me. I've heard it all before. What I was tight about is them trying to play me and making good for TV. How so I want to go back to her saying the original goal in even doing the show was to get out of Little Rock and to make a better life for herself. Um, it rung like the Liberty Bell really coming off of the last episode of The Last Dance because it's an underlying theme with people who are successful. It is an underlying theme in every industry, especially for black people who are successful, which is that you have to make sacrifices for your success. And so you have to decide how bad you want your success, what kind of sacrifices you're willing to make. Um, if you watch the Last Dance um, docuseries, you see that a lot of Michael Jordan's success came at the expense of a lot of things. There were a lot of sacrifices made and a lot of sacrifices that were not even aired because they'd never even talked about his home life because the document, the docuseries wasn't just about him. Um, it was about the final season of that you know legendary franchise as it as it was or that legendary team as it was but to the point is they didn't even get into all of the sacrifices 
but they did touch on many, many sacrifices that had to be made in order for that level of excellence to be achieved, in order for that level of success to be achieved. And what I found in watching that was that a lot of people really struggle, and, and, and that might be a this era thing, um, I don't know, <laughs> you know, we live in such an entitled era that I, I don't even know what, I don't even know which thing to pinpoint to <laughs> attribute it to, but so many people seem to struggle with comprehending sacrifices are large and consistent when you want a certain level of success. And so Danny went into this, um, I'm calling her Danny because that is the handle that she uses. I don't know Danielle personally. Um, Danny came into Top Model with a laser focus. Like she didn't show up for exposure. She didn't show up to make good television. She showed up to change her life. She showed up with, and these are her words, starved to get out of her town and to create a better life for herself. So she showed up with an understanding that there were going to be large and consistent sacrifices that needed to be made. And she had to weigh those sacrifices against what her greater goal was. And as long as it was a sacrifice that she could tolerate to get to her goal, then it was a sacrifice she was willing to make. Right. And I feel like that part of the conversation um, before she brought it up is one that not that it was overlooked because honestly, people just didn't know. But I feel like it was something that was never even considered. It was never even considered. And it might have surprised me that it wasn't considered like two months ago. But throughout the course of watching The Last Dance with the world on social media, it does not surprise me that people really don't have a grasp on the level of sacrifice, the consistency of sacrifice that it takes to really, really reach these high levels of success. And I really respect that for Danny, her goal was way more, like she wasn't, her goal was not attached to her physical appearance, which is funny because it's an industry literally about her physical appearance. So I, I, I find that dynamic very interesting, but I applaud her for deciding that this is my goal. What I need to get there is what I'm going to do. And that's in every industry. It's going to look different depending on your industry. You know, for Mike, it looked like being an asshole to push his teammates to reach that level that he was playing at. For Danny, it looked like to people on the outside maybe copping out because she allowed them to close her gap some to fit into um, the industry that she was vying to be in. Um, there, there are plenty of people in every industry who are successful that their, their, their consistent and large sacrifice looks very different. For me, um, mine, mine looks very different. Mine consisted of not having any electricity during law school. There were times when I literally have, had to live off of the dollar menu because I was fucking broke. I was studying for exams by candlelight. I was taking cold showers because I didn't have hot water in my apartment. I was like negotiating goodwill with my leasing office not to evict me. 
like large and consistent sacrifices to get to the next step of where I wanted to go. And I'm nowhere near where I want to be success wise. Um, and remember, success is always subjective. It's what success looks like for you. It's, it's never what everyone else thinks your success looks like. It's what it looks like for you. For me, I'm still in transit. And so I'm still making large and consistent sacrifices to try to get where I want to go. And that that is just what it is. That is, you have to be willing to make these large and consistent sacrifices. And I do feel like we understand it more when men do it than we do when women do it. And especially when black women do it. So in this particular instance, it's like, remember, this is 15 years after the fact, right? Hindsight is always 2020. And to some people, it looks like the bigger picture versus the bigger picture. Or at least that's my take on it. So from one perspective, it's like I'm a young black girl on a show hosted, produced by a black woman whose footsteps I'm trying to follow in. And how does this moment affect other young girls and other young black girls who are watching? Versus, I did not come here to be a spokesperson or a representative for anybody. I literally just came here to improve my life, to, to establish a livelihood. So do I, do I do what I need to do to reach my goals? And like I said, I feel like that's something that's way more understood for men. And when black women make sacrifices for their professional well-being, especially, um, we get this, we get the negative stigma of strong black women. We get the, the, the stigma of, oh, you know, she's so independent. She don't need no man type of shit. And it's like, what does A have to do with B? Why can I not also be driven? <laughs> Why can't I also be goal-oriented? Why can't I also want success? Why, why is my sacrifice for my success not also respected? You know? Also, it's it's a very I, I'm not really surprised that you know her, her train of thought wasn't that, oh, this is going to have an effect on young women watching at home. I watched it in truth. It had no effect on me. That's not to say that it wouldn't have an effect on others, but I, I can I can honestly empathize and, and sit from my seat and say, hey, I can see why to her it really didn't seem like it didn't seem like a big deal because her mindset was listen I live in a small town and I'm looking for a much better life for myself and whatever I need to do to get that um I'm going to do that but not knowing her story and not knowing that part of the story um which honestly would have been a great thing just to know and have that as a backdrop it would have been very encouraging and very motivating, but we all know the media is not designed to encourage or motivate black girls or black women in any way, shape or form. So we're not surprised that that was, you know, omitted. But um, and I'm not saying it was fully omitted because obviously they give everyone's background story in like episodes one and two. But it's very different to hear it in her own voice and to hear what her drive and her passion for getting out, like how everything was so rooted in that Um and with all of that being said, I do want to be clear that Danny is not the is not the person that was dragged um, 
you know, as I talk about not being given slack for being driven and, and you know, being success oriented, she wasn't dragged. Um, at least not, I didn't see that. If anyone else seen it, please feel free to drop it in my DMs um, on Black Girl SOS, drop the link in the comments, whatever. I, I did not see Danny being dragged. I did, however, see Tyra being dragged. Um, and the ugly truth is that it really is a double-edged sword, right? Because Tyra was in a position to shift the industry norms. She was in a position to give black girls who normally would not get a look an opportunity. And in fact, she did do that. Like that is a whole ass fact. A lot of careers popped off because of ANTM. Conversely, conversely, part of that ugly truth is that Tyra understood the industry and she said a lot of shit that nobody wanted to hear and that we damn sure didn't want to hear out of the mouth of somebody that looked like us. But it was the truth on how to be marketable internationally in that moment. So if you were looking to make money when you left ANTM, whether you won or not, these were some hard truths that you were going to hear, whether they were from Tyra or they were from a major, um, you know, modeling agency or from brands. These were things that were being vocalized and... It probably did them some good to hear it from Tyra first. I don't know how good it did them to hear it on national TV, but they did sign up for the show. Um, it's akin to something me and my friends say very often. Like, you would be hard-pressed to hurt my feelings because I come from a rough-ass family of people that say some rough-ass shit to each other. And it's like, damn, like, I want to fucking hear that from you. You're supposed to be my support system. But uh, the flip side of that coin is... People outside can't affect me. Like, I've already heard all that shit before. Like, nothing you're going to say is going to bother me. None of that shit affects me. And I think that Danny also brought up that point when she was talking about them trying to get her gap to close. Like, man, they said all that shit and that shit didn't bother me. It didn't affect me. Like, my focus was still my focus. I heard all that shit before. So I think there's a value to that. And I think that there's a there's an ugly truth in there that people that are dragging Tyra right now really don't want to accept and admit. Yes, was she in a position as a black woman who was producing a show who literally had a you know amazing career and legacy? Absolutely. But she did do that. Maybe not to the extent that everybody feels she should have, but you're never going to please anybody. And I'm not saying this as some fucking Tyra stand because in truth, I'm not the biggest fan of Tyra. I I don't have any, you know, anything ill towards her, but I'm not a big Tyra fan at all. And that is for a myriad of reasons. Many of them <laughs> rooted in, in some of her, her television um, productions, not just ANTM. But she told a lot of truth, a lot of things that needed to be said. And she's getting dragged for these truths that really helped position a lot of those young women to move their careers forward. I think one of the most interesting things I've seen that really wasn't interesting the fuck at all was people talking about how toxic um, modeling is to black, you know, how that industry is towards black women, how the fashion industry is towards black women. And from my seat, I'm like, that ain't new. Like, that, and, and water's wet. Like, we, we knew that already. And we knew that. 
before Top Model started. We knew that as we watched all 58 fucking seasons of Top Model. Like, we always knew that. That was not something that was new. Um, it wasn't like some fucking new concept. Like, oh my God, look at how this industry does black women. The fashion industry still shits on black women. But if we're being completely honest, there is no work industry that is not toxic to black women. If there was, we wouldn't need legislation to wear our hair the way it grows out of our scalp to work. Why the fuck do I need a law on how I can wear my hair to the office? Because every industry is motherfucking toxic to black women. Fun fact. So I just want to say this. Here's my here's my my view on on this whole thing. Um, like I said, I like that Danny gave us the backstory um, on on why she did it. But more than that, I like that she gave us that backstory of how production tried to play her and use her as a storyline. Because this whole shit could have literally been a non-issue if Ken Mock had just said, hey, Tyra needs you to close your gap. Like, this all could have been an off-camera, probably 20-minute conversation with the same end result minus, minus that episode of making Tyra look like she is trying to alter this black girl to fit a Eurocentric frame and without making this black girl look like she's being the angry black woman and being defensive. Like all, all of that narrative that pit black women against each other could have been avoided if Ken Mock had just simply delivered the message. And so I was appreciative of the fact that she gave us that backstory because it's just proof positive that we're not all fucking crazy. The media goes out of its way to spin narratives to make black women look angry, to make black women look defensive, and to pit black women against each other. At some point, I am going to get into the black women that are now doing that behind the scenes We'll get to that another day because that is probably a multi-part series <laughs> of some bullshit. Um, so second, I like that she talked about um, she talked about her willingness to make a sacrifice when she said that you know it was like I'm either gonna do this and achieve my goal or I'm gonna let my 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 trajectory towards my goal be thwarted by something I don't even I'm not even fucking over attached to. Like my teeth. I appreciated that because, yo, you always have to, there's always a decision to be made. You've always got to weigh the pro and cons. And sacrifices have to be made. I mean, it is what it is. You are going to have to make sacrifices if you want success. And as a black woman in these United States, nine times out of ten, our sacrifices are going to be that much larger and that much more consistent if we want success. And I think that that's even more reason why you have to be confident and steadfast in knowing what success looks like for you, because you will end up sacrificing things that really mean a lot to you for a quote unquote success. That isn't something you value. So make sure when you're making your sacrifices for success, that there are, it's the success that you want, the success that you want to attain sacrifices that you're willing to make for that. Not to make someone else's version of sacrifice um, look valid or viable. Um, additionally, I appreciated that she didn't drag Tyra. Like, like I said earlier, I'm not the hugest fan of Tyra. 
But we're not going to sit here and pretend like Tyra did not launch a million careers with that platform because she did. And we're also not going to sit here and act like Tyra didn't give those girls a lot of hard truths. Is it shit you want to hear? Not necessarily, but I promise you, the mama industry was not going to give a fuck. They weren't going to sugarcoat it. They weren't going to be polite. They would hurt your feelings. So better to get the truth in an environment where you're still able to develop than to step out on the ledge with no parachute. So I was glad that she didn't drag Tyra. And then finally, and most importantly, I'm glad that it gave inspiration and confidence to dope ass women with gaps. She mentions in the beginning of the video, um, again, the videos on Black Girl SOS um, on the Instagram page. She mentions in the beginning of the video that one of the things that really sparked her to address it is that um, Slick Woods had hit her up. And if you don't know, Slick Woods is a model. She has a gap. She does a lot of work for Rihanna's brands, um, all of the Fenty brands. So I thought that was really dope. I know plenty of women, dope women, beautiful women with gaps. So I thought that was super dope that it gave inspiration and even more confidence to my dope ass queens with gaps. Like, go off, sis. You just as fly as everybody else. I'd love to hear, like, your thoughts on it, please feel free to drop your comments, your drags, or whatever in the comment section on Black Girl SOS on the Instagram page. Um, if you don't feel confident, I mean, if you don't feel comfortable, excuse me, um, dragging or putting your comments in the comment section, you are free to slide in the DMs because I really am curious to hear other people's perspective and what other people got from it because as you can tell a lot of it for me was rooted in just women striving and, and being willing to make sacrifices for success and and the way media likes to spin that but that's not what everybody everyone didn't get the same thing from it so I am very interested to hear what you may have gotten from um watching the video or um seeing people comment on social media and then listening to this podcast. So until next time, sis, you have a good one.